A wise man once said, every journey begins with the first step. Come with me, my friends, as together we travel down the roadway of geekdom in our never-ending quest to find the joy and fun in what we love. However, our final destination may not be where we intended, for on this journey, tangents abound. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a very special episode of Tangents Abound. No, not special in that after-school special kind of way, but in something much more serious. Exactly one year ago, a wife lost a husband, two little girls lost their father, many lost a good friend, and I lost a voice that had given me joy and comfort for many years. This man was Sean Angle, a husband, father, friend, and fellow podcaster. Though what I lost pales in the most possible absolute sense in comparison to these, I wanted to do something special for this man, for his family, and for his friends. In fact, the way Sean was welcoming in his speech and personality made me want to model part of my show after him. In fact, when I started outlining what I wanted to do for this show, this project was in the forefront of my mind. I had one small problem, though. I had had some minor contact with Sean through some emailing about his show, just one of the guys, but not enough to be considered a friend or even an acquaintance. So I decided the best thing I could do would be to reach out to those who knew him best. In today's episode, you will hear many of Sean's best friends and colleagues speak some of their thoughts about him, share some amazing stories, and even more importantly, how he made each of our lives a little bit better. It is my hope that I can provide Sean's family, if they happen to listen to this show, a small measure of comfort for when the worst days hit. For them to be able to receive some small measure of comfort as they hear how their husband and father made such an enormous impact on our lives. I have made sure to introduce everyone who has contributed, but I know I have forgotten everything they produce and I will do my best to include all of that in the show notes because when I first started I thought it would have been amazing if I received help from two or three friends on this. The reality became so much more, and I want to thank all of them for taking the time to help me with this project. Also, I had previously recorded an opening to this episode when I was able to have the majority, (laughs) well, at the time the majority, (laughs) it, it grew quite a bit as I mentioned, of those who wanted to contribute and because I can't edit enough out of that original introduction to make it flow a little smoother, there will be some repeating dialogue, and for that I do truly apologize. I wish I had better skills at producing, editing, and making things right for this, but I think if Sean had heard this, he would only have said, You did good. Welcome to podcasting. I will warn you that 
tissues will be needed for this show, because I sure went through them. <laughs> I thank you, my friends, for your time and for listening to a tribute to one of the best of us. And I will see you soon, my friends. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a very special episode of Tangents Abound. Today, it's a very important episode, for on this day, one year ago, a very special person left us. His name was Sean Angle, a husband and a father. He was a fellow podcaster and someone who I had molded my show after. He was someone who, even though I had never met him or even spoken to him, meant quite a lot to me. In fact, when I first started outlining what I wanted to do on the show, this episode was always the first thing on my mind. But I came upon a dilemma. How could I talk about a man whom I had never met? I had some minor contact by emailing him on his show and sharing some things with him, but for me that personally would not be enough for me to be considered a friend. So I spent long and hard thinking how to pay him the best way I could. And I thought that the best way to honor him was by having the people who knew him best spend a few moments with me to share their stories, raise a glass with me, and remember a good man. The goal for this episode is that one day, when the grief is worse for their family, Sean's family can listen to this episode and draw comfort from what he meant to his friends and from what he meant to a complete stranger. Therefore, it is my esteemed privilege and honor to produce this episode in collaboration with the Two True Freaks Podcast Network, as today we honor one of the best of us. Joining me today are... Professor Alan Middleton of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Hello. Thomas CJ, published author and co-host of Better in the Dark on the Earth 2 uh, Podcast Network. Hello. And Gene Hendricks from the Hammer Strikes Podcast and the Two True Freaks Network as well. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And there will also be special appearances by Andrew Leyland of Hey Kids Comics, Listen to the Prophets, and Chris Honeywell from uh, J Guys and Jedi and one half of the original Two True Freaks. <clears throat> and also with Paul Spataro of Back to the Bins, Listen to the Prophets, and the Two True Freaks Network. <clears throat> so... <laughs> So, first of all, thank you all for joining me, gentlemen. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules to speak with me about this. This is a great idea. Uh, definitely, yes. Always fine, my friend. Now, even though I'm the host, <laughs> this is, to be honest, more your show today than mine, because all I'm here to do is just kind of guide us, but... I want us to, you know, share stories, you know, just have a good remembrance. I, I don't even know if that makes sense, but 
I, I hope I hope you understand what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> um, so first of all, I was thinking maybe just going around the room and just talking about first of all how we all met Sean. In no particular order, I'll just start with uh, Professor Allen. Yeah, it was would have had to have been uh, just one of the guys, uh, and I ended up showing up on that show three or four times. Uh, Emily did two uh, solo appearances on that on that show as well. Had Sean over on the Quarterbin podcast once, and and uh, Emily and I and Sean did one of my favorite episodes ever. Uh, Two True Freaks episode, which was a blast. But uh, mostly, I was a, I was a fan, as you said, a email contributor. Okay, thank you, uh, Paul. Sure. Uh, Sean was active on Two True Freaks before I was, as far as like in the forums and on Facebook. So he and I kind of. Got to know each other a little bit just from posts, messages, agreeing with each other on different things. And then uh, one Saturday afternoon, uh, Scott Gardner was like not doing it, you know, had nothing to do. So he threw out the call to everybody. Hey, anybody who feels like just going on Skype and you know, shooting the breeze, come on on. And Sean and I were among a group of people who came on that day. Not only did we kind of hit it off right away in the group, but we also uh, we started private messaging each other. You know, just snarky comments about what was going on. And, you know, we kind of just hit it off right off the bat and became fast friends. After that, you know, I had him on Back to the Bins a couple of times. Uh, I was on just one of the guys once. Uh, but then, you know, thankfully, uh, the opportunity came up to do Listen to the Prophets. And, you know, Andy and Sean were two of the people who I felt like a great kinship to that I didn't co-host anything with. So it was really kind of like a dream come true to do a show with the two of them. And, you know, that, whatever it is, year and a half to two years that we were, excuse me, getting up every other Saturday morning and, and doing it together was really just like a labor of love. And it was, you know, just spending time with good friends. And we really, you know, we became very, very close over that course of time. And it was something that I didn't think was possible because we, you know, we became very close friends. And yet we never met face to face, so it's just a strange dynamic to me. But it's reality; it's just what it, what happened. Thank you, um, Gene. Well, I I came in to Two True Freaks a lot later than everybody else, so I was catching up with the episodes of just one of the guys, and then I found out that. Uh, Sean was going to be doing a show with Michael Bradley on the Tangent comics, the Tangent Universe comics, and I had never read them, but I figured, oh, you know, I like Sean, I've heard Michael on a couple things, let me listen to that, and I became, uh, Paul is probably familiar with this, I became the guy that emailed in on every single episode. And so I got a little back and forth between, you know, the, the two of us that way, uh, I was lucky enough to podcast with Sean on the infamous Godzilla review episode <laughs> where he told probably the best story about people talking during the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I do have uh, some story, 
<laughs> so I'm looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> and I also uh, was lucky enough to have him on my show about uh, the Green Lantern movie, which both of us like more than most people would say is proper. <laughs> and that, w- that was a really good time, just the two of us talking. Uh, and Sean was one of the... He's he's probably the one that sent me the highest compliment I've gotten so far podcasting. He sent me an email about the uh, the Christmas Carol reading that I did for my show. Uh, I think yeah, it was uh, 2014, December 2014. I did that, and he said that it was something that he was going to listen to with his family. And that was just, that, that floored me. But having spoken to Sean, that is the kind of guy he was. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, I mainly knew him tangentially. Did not mean that to be a pun. <laughs> through listening to the shows and emailing back and forth. But I was lucky enough to actually speak with him a, a few times. Good. And finally, and one thing I forgot to mention is, Mr. DJ is also the semi-regular co-host of Just One of the Guys. So, yeah. Thomas, if you'd like to say a few words, I, that's why I kind of wanted to have you last, because you, I think, knew him best. Well, I learned about Sean through Michael Bailey, of all things. Michael sent me an email saying, you know, this guy's doing a Guy Gardner podcast. And... Being that Guy Gardner was one of my favorite characters, I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to this. And I contacted him by email, and he invited me on the show. We did the first of I don't know, I, I lost count of how many episodes we ended up doing together. Um, I know the first one was the Guy Gardner uh, Reborn miniseries. And we hit it off really well. Um, we started talking outside of podcasting um and he became probably the along with michael bailey the closest friend i had who um i never was in the same room with and uh the last time i ever talked to him we were planning on correcting that he we were planning on getting together for uh, a meal um sometime this year and uh you know it was a bit of a shock when I heard that he passed away. Yeah, yeah, that, uh... And I, I remember there are some Listen to the Prophets episodes that were released, you know, after, I guess, found and released, you know, months after his passing, where he's talking about, well, next year when I go up to New York and I yeah. meet all, all of you guys, or mm-hmm. and those ones, those ones were rough. Yeah. Just imagine what it was well, there, like. There are episodes of just one of the guys I, I've yet to listen to because I know it's going to break me apart. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'll I'll talk about that in a in a minute or two. Um, now for me, my first introduction with Sean was <laughs> listening to um, the Internet is for Guy Gardner podcast promo he had. I think it was the first one he did. <laughs> <laughs> and that was on a on I heard that listen to Star Wars monthly Mon- monthly Mondays because that was the first two true freak show I 
I, I would listen to, and I thought, hey, I like Green Lantern, but I only know Hal Jordan from Jeff Johns, and I only know Jon Stewart from the Justice League, so, yeah, this, this guy's kind of funny. I'll, I'll give this show a try. So, I found uh, just one of the guys and began my headfirst dive into post-crisis Green Lantern. And the moment it became a must-listen-to was when he covered the first Green Lantern Emerald Dawn series and then said that a drunk Hal Jordan flew straight through a yellow billboard and knocked himself out. <laughs> I was that I was like, okay, this is a must-listen. And then when he... <laughs> <laughs> and then when he covered a guy in a Nort storyline, <laughs> uh, I, I was in it to the end. Um, he had a, such a positivity that j j just warmed the, the room, you know? Um, I would... Um, I first started listening to just one of the guys after I bought my home and I was working on remodeling it. So I needed something to really pass away the time and hey, 40 episodes of a podcast, that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm so I'm just sitting there listening to and talk about these stories and sharing jokes and <laughs> it 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 felt like you know a good friend was just you know in in the room next to me sharing stories while I'm banging my head against a <laughs> a ceiling beam <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason I had to get a hard hat doing. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> but yes, friends. By the way, tish tissues will probably be needed during this <laughs> podcast. <clears throat> You know, I you know I mentioned uh, you know uh, the listen to the prophet shows, and, and there were the things that other podcasts that he you know didn't have the chance you know to finish the, the runs on and other things that I'm sure were planned. But you know, in retrospect, we are we got to be glad he he wrapped up the Green Lantern show, mm -hmm. and he wrapped up the Tangent show. You know, those ones those are out there full complete start to finish yeah and uh and you know what I, what I would say about sean's podcasting is i don't think it comes across just how talented he really was because he made it seem so effortless effortless he would he, he had a way of just kind of welcoming you in and making it sound conversational that anybody who does podcast, I think they realize how difficult that is. But beyond that, working with him on a show for however many episodes we managed to get out, about 30, I guess. Um, you know, you, you, you start to get a feel for things. He was the producer of the show up until the end. And he would effortlessly wrangle Andy and I. And just move us on to the topics as he needed them, uh, and work the show, and, and you know just move it along, and not only come up with so many clever lines, so much such dry wit, uh, but again have that warmth about him while he was actually taking charge of the show, and not even if you listen to it, it's not even apparent how much he took charge of the show, but he really did. He he took that producer job very very serious. 
Uh, I don't think I've done nearly as good a job as he did since since he's been gone. Uh, but you know, life goes on, unfortunately, in some ways. Uh, but he he is so missed. It's just you know such a tremendous loss. And like I said, I, I I don't know if it comes across just how talented he was because he really did have just such an innate ability to to make you feel welcome, warm, and part of the group, no matter what happened. Yeah, I remember the first time I spoke to him, uh, just one-on-one with the, the Green Lantern show, it was like we had known each other for years. You know, this is the first conversation we've had, and I just felt like he was... It's, it's just like when I went up to New York last year, and we're all at dinner, and we're sitting there, and we're talking back and forth, jabbing at each other, and it's like it's like we're just old friends. It's the first first time we've sat around a table together, but it's like we've done this every Sunday for the past decade. That's how it was with Sean every time. It's you you felt like he was your your oldest friend, even if you'd never met him, and that I think that came across in his shows. Uh, especially just one of the guys where he would just he was just talking on his own and it it was like he was talking to you specifically to that one listener and it it was amazing the way he was able to do that i i hope i am a tenth as good as he was you know, and and in terms of the the production as paul was saying of 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 the show and sort of that side of it Every time I talked to Sean or emailed him about just one of the guys in particular, I always told him how impressive it was that he always got that show out on time. It was like oh, yeah. 181 episodes, I think. It was 181 consecutive Friday mornings. And maybe an occasional afternoon. But 181 <laughs> consecutive Fridays. And he always shrugged that off as not that big a deal. But we all know how much of an accomplishment that really is to not not just to it was consistently good and it was consistent it was yes. always there and that's I think I don't know he shrugged that off but I think we all know that, that that's an accomplishment indeed oh, absolutely indeed in fact um, every Friday I was always looking forward to the next episode of Just One of the Guys because I knew um, it was always there it was, you know it, during the hey hey days of Thursdays was Hey Kids Day and Friday was just one of the guys. I I always counted on those two and when both of those shows wrapped up uh, last year, I was kind of lost for a while. I'm like, what what do I do now? <laughs> just because I mi- I missed um, just the you, you just get so used to hearing someone's voice and. You, you feel like you like you guys have said like you really know him you know like he he's your best friend he's your you know the, the cousin you invite over every week for you know pizza and <laughs> man <clears throat> see I, i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it <laughs> it's hard to say i'm gonna bring down the room because we're all just kind of melancholy thinking about him but i'm gonna talk a little bit about the uh the end, just because the memories are so raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were scheduled to record Listen to the Prophets. It was last October. I couldn't tell you which date, but on a Saturday morning. 
and it would gen, you know, our general practice is we'd all come online on Skype, and 6 a.m. we'd, you know, we'd make the connection and we'd start recording. And Bill was guesting on that episode, so Bill, Andy, and I were all on Skype, and we were waiting for Sean. And some time went by, and he didn't come, so I texted him because I had Sean's cell, and I didn't, we didn't get a response. So we thought, you know, we thought something innocuous as oversleeping or something. You know, we didn't think it was a big deal. But uh, we decided, you know, we're not recording without him. So we called it a day. And then another day or two went by, and we hadn't heard anything from him. And then I got a text from his wife, Michelle, telling me, you know, that he was in the hospital and he was, you know, uh, that it was serious. So, you know, I, I reached out to her, and I reached out, uh, I, I think I sent a, a message out to the group in general, and uh, Shag and I spent uh, quite a few, quite a bit of time on uh, Skype together, just having conversations and in private messaging each other back and forth, trying to, you know, just to hold it together a little bit. And uh, then about, I guess sometime in November, I got a call on my cell phone from Sean, and he was very optimistic. He had said, uh, you know, he had been in the hospital, he had really been through the ringer, but that he was on the road to recovery, he anticipated a full recovery, and that, you know, he just really needed to get, get his energy, get his rest, and get back on his feet. And uh, we ended the call telling each other, you know, that we loved each other, you know, like brothers. And it was it was emotional, but it was very very upbeat. And then a couple of weeks later, we got the message on Facebook from Michelle saying that he was gone. And it just it was probably the biggest gut punch I ever felt because it just I didn't expect it. I I thought he was on the road to recovery. I thought he was going to be better. And that night, a bunch of us got on Skype together just to you know kind of across the country holding hands and holding each other up. It was just such a, a devastating thing. And I can tell you, I have not gone a day since where Sean hasn't crossed my mind at some point during the day. So that's my, uh, that's my, my sad story for you all. Oh, no. Yeah, I hadn't, um, I hadn't heard from Sean in a while, so I eventually called him at home. And Michelle had picked up, and it told me that he was he was sick. And you know, I told him, I told her, you know, whatever you need, just let me know. And next thing I know, I hear from him that everything's fine. And then the next thing I know, after that, he's gone. Yeah, so similar. Yeah. Just, I don't know. If they knew how serious it was, and they were just trying to keep the spirits up and, and make the you know the final days happy for him, or if it was just unexpected, I was very very proud of, uh, of, of the freaks that actually went to Sean's funeral. I just thought that was such a you know such a nice thing, and, uh, Brian Hughes and. and Tim Elliott both went down there and you know, let let the uh, the Engel family know on behalf of all of us 
how, how loved he was. Yeah, I, uh, I remember when I loaded up um, uh, the Two True Freaks website and there was the banner, you know, his, his light will burn forever. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? What, what happened? And then, you know, I, I, I saw the, the news that uh, you put out, Paul. And what got me the most was this was December 16th. And, you know, the very next day, The Force Awakens came out. <laughs> and I'm a... Star Wars is my number one uh, fandom. And I was so excited, you know, I had bought my ticket, I got my ticket the day the, the tickets were available, I had kept it in a safe place in my wallet, I was so looking forward to it, and then I get this news. And then I just start thinking about all the conversations you guys had on Listen to the Prophets, where he was so excited about, you know, The Force Awakens, and you know, what, what, what was going to be coming up. And I'm sitting there in the movie theater. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. I wish his, I wish he could have seen it. I wish that he and his family could be in a theater right now, enjoying this and not going through what they were going through. Okay, I, I got to mute for a sec. Well, I. I'm going to try and bring us back up a little bit because uh, Sean, one of the great regrets of my life, and this, this is saying something, is I never got to meet him. I am not going to go through that again, which is why I am now, my mission is to try and meet every single friend of mine I've never met yet. Three of you are on this call. So I'm going to try and get get with you. Or I've Luckily, I've already met Paul. I'm going to be meeting some more guys in uh, in April when I go down to Florida. So we need to we need to work this out. We need to get away that no one has that regret again. You know, we we need to be able to meet up, have dinner, whatever, just shake hands. I, I want to be able to say, yes, I've. I've met these people that I consider friends. You know, that was one of my, uh, one of my new year's resolutions for 2016 was to meet people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget a few, but this year I've met Michael Bailey and the Sutherlands and others and others, Tom Panneries and, and others. And a lot of that was, was motivated by Sean. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Gina. Yeah. So at least we can get some, something positive out of mm -hmm. this. We can all, we can all get together. We can, I mean, one, one of the, the most enjoyable experiences of my life was going to Long Island and spending that weekend with everybody. It was a great yeah, weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it was It was amazing. And, and that was one of Sean's regrets, because he really, really wanted to be there. But he had an issue with the... Uh, well, 
not to go too deep into it, he had a financial issue that prevented him from coming that particular weekend. And as you said, he kept saying, next year I'm going to come. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, yeah, it, it was a great weekend that we had together. And then this year, unfortunately, you weren't able to make it this year, but we had another great weekend together. And uh, you know, hopefully we can keep up doing that. Hopefully the cast of characters keeps expanding. And, you know, whether it's here or somewhere else, I know, like you said, April, I would absolutely love to get there. I, I don't know if circumstances are going to let me, but I really would love to. Yeah, it, it would it would be terrific if if we could get as many people as we could to meet up, but obviously life happens. <laughs> there are some sometimes where we can't make it and you know, I I happen to choose one of the more expensive destinations. <laughs> <laughs> so I I understand. The funny thing about the destination is just like our two Long Island meetups where we had, you know, excuses for, oh, you know, we're going to come for Eternal Con. I know Star Wars Celebration is the excuse for April. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can get down there, I, I, don't care, I couldn't care less if I get into Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, it's really I, just hanging out with the guys. That's all I care about. Right now, I'm not planning on going to Celebration. It's just the reason that we chose that weekend is because the concentration of geekiness in the area will be higher. <laughs> it's an excuse. It's an excuse to get together. Exactly. It's, well, I'm... Pr- well, for example, I, I knew for a fact it's Star Wars. It's in Orlando. I'm pretty sure Scott Ripon's going to be there. <laughs> so, you know, it's and getting him to go somewhere is kind of hard just because of, because of his job. So, you know, it's trying to align all the forces here. Again, did not intend the pun, but uh, if we can get something going like this. I know Fire and Water is trying to do something next year with um, Heroes Con in the Carolinas. So it's... I think this all may be motivated by the same thing. It all may be motivated by not wanting to have that regret of saying I could have met him, but... Well, you talk Fire and Water. I have to mention, you know, Shag was particularly close with Andy as well. With Andy, my God. <laughs> with Sean as well. And, uh, and and I'm sure, you know, he's inspired by that thought as well. I agree, yes. Just to, to get back to the, uh, to, you know, to the, to the, the fun thoughts a little bit is, uh, one, of, one of the things that I always marveled at, or one of, the, one of my favorite things, about doing Listen to the Prophets with Andy, with it. I, mean, I keep saying Andy, with Sean and Andy, was the stuff you guys will never hear. When we'd get online and we'd spend about half an hour or so talking and just catching up with what was going on for the last two weeks. And that stuff generally didn't make it into the show. And I think that's where really the truly you know, close friendship kind of forms more. And I was always amazed by... Sean's quick wit, and I, again, very, very dry, but just the way he would he would come up with comments and he'd just throw them in, and a lot of times you'd, the conversation would move on, and then a couple of seconds later you'd realize, hey, wait a minute, did you really say that? <laughs> and you'd start laughing, and and then then you'd you know we'd record the show, and forty five minutes later he'd just throw in a callback line to the conversation we had before we were actually recording the show. And Andy and I would know that it was hilarious, 
because of the connection to what we had said earlier. But I'm sure, like I said, that you know, somewhat lost on you guys because you know we we had the the luxury of having that whole conversation. But just the way his mind worked, like I said, he was just very very quick and very clever and very drunk. Yeah. What I think really made Sean so funny is that near deadpan delivery of his. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was, was going to say I know that uh, you know, those those tangent universe books. That's that's pretty obscure. That's more obscure than, than the Green Lantern stuff. But you know, obviously, his dry sense of humor and Michael Bradley has a similar dry sense of humor. And that tangent universe podcast, Parallel Lines, is one of as maybe. Uh, sort of Paul was getting at. It's one of the funniest shows that you don't think is funny at, mm-hmm. at first. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's two of the nicest, cleverest guys in podcasting, and that, that makes for a, a great team uh, as well, and always wanted to put in a plug for Parallel Lines. It's just, I think, a really understated, terrific, and pretty darn funny show. <sighs> yeah, I never actually... <laughs> remembered to get to Parallel Lines because I was so busy playing catch-up with just one of the guys after losing my iPod for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I I want to check that out, but also, to be 100% honest, I still haven't heard the end of just one of the guys. I've, I've got them saved on my iPod the last dozen or so episodes, and I've tried listening. I have. But uh, it, I'll listen for like a half hour, you know, for like 15, 20 minutes, and then I just, I, I stopped. I, I just, I couldn't finish them. But I made a promise when I started writing out the notes for this thing that, no, you have to finish it. Sean deserved it. So, yeah, that 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 was, <laughs> that's, that's what I set a goal as. And Yeah, well, I, I know, you know, after... After Sean's passing and when uh, Paul and Andy put out those just or uh, listened to the Prophets episodes that had all already been recorded, I it was tough to start listening to those, but I was happy I did yeah. because I got to hear an old friend again. You know, I I was able to hear. I was able to hear that deadpan delivery and the the this the sniper effect of some of his comments. And it it was it was good. It actually it, it helped, I think, because it was and it it's true of just one of the guys and everything that he did, yeah. it's like he wasn't really gone. Because I could I could hear him again. Yeah, and I, and you know, Paul can speak to this about about that that decision. But I think the timing was really good, you know, bringing those episodes back. I don't remember, maybe four or five months is my, my recollection that, you know, enough time had passed that, you know, like Gene was saying, you were getting to the point where, yes, it was sad, but it was nice to hear him as well. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a strange experience to, uh, to edit those episodes because, again, Sean produced the show. 
So he, you know, he recorded it, he edited it, and he posted it. You know, it, it was nice, kind of nice to just be, you know, in quotations, on the air talent. Uh, <laughs> and not have to edit. <laughs> yeah, not have, to, not have to do anything except watch the show and then talk about it. It was a nice, nice little thing, and, and I always appreciated the effort that he put in that way. Uh, and I was, I considered it a blessing when I finally was able to get myself together and, and go into my uh, my files on my computer and saw that I had copies of every episode that we had recorded. Because one of the first things Andy and I discussed when we decided we would carry on was that we would not, under any circumstances, re-record an episode that we had recorded with Sean. Right. So if we had lost an episode, that would have been it. It would have just been lost. Uh, but there was a certain cathartic feeling to editing those shows. And for the most part, as you said, even though you know there were conversations I was already involved in, so I knew where they were going, but it was like being back sitting with an old friend again and just feeling that... that warmth of that friendship while I was doing it, but there was also that, that very melancholy feeling when we would talk about movies or whatever, and if something came up that he hadn't seen, he would say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put that on my list and check that out, and knowing that that could never come to pass, you know, that was often a moment in editing where I'd have to just pause and walk away for a while, but... You know, I, I considered it a blessing that we had those recordings and that we had that and the time we had together. And uh, like I said, I think I think it's shown every day. So uh, that's not going to stop. I hope I, I, I hope and pray that his family is doing well because we lost him as a friend and as a podcaster. They lost him as a father, and a husband, brother, whatever. You know, and, and that's, you know, while, while we, you know, well, we feel his, his loss very, very much. It cannot compare to what they feel. Right. Absolutely. Right. And on that, uh, I'm going to take off. Uh, I have to go. I'm, I apologize to everybody that that I have some other commitments that I need to take care of. But I, I just want to thank you, Aaron, for inviting me on. And uh, you know, Gene, Alan, Tom, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. It was a pleasure. Right. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. <sighs> You know, for me, this this is just going to sound silly, but when uh, Professor Allen mentioned that he was able to finish just one of the guys, you know, I was thinking, that's incredibly rare in the podcasting community. I've listened to so many shows come in that want to cover great comic runs or... Uh, topics that they want to cover and right now I only know two that are still doing it and only one that finished it and that was just one of the guys and just listening to him you know the the way he spoke the way he talked about Kyle and Guy he, he took someone who, in his own words, constantly got dumped on. <laughs> and he made me care about him. He, he made characters that I never knew anything about compelling and dynamic. And I never knew... You mean like hair metal sonar? <laughs> hair metal sonar, Arisha in the hooker outfit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you remember that, Thomas? <laughs> of course I remember that. Uh, <laughs> of course, for some reason, one of my dearest memories in terms of a laugh line was when we, we were talking before one of our recordings, and I mentioned that I thought that Catherine McPhee would make an excellent Donna Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept bringing that. It was, it was an awful issue, if I remember correctly. And so we kept going back to our happy place, where Catherine McPhee dressed as Donna Troy was giving us beer. <laughs> I, I had to mute that whole thing. I had to mute because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> but, oh... It, <laughs> That moment when, when Michael brings Rachel on to complain about the the, the, the hooker out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love it whenever Rachel Bailey makes a surprise appearance. Because <laughs> uh, she helps she helps brings up brings bring us back to reality a little bit. <laughs> Oh, but uh, you know, and, and I wa- wanted to make sure that I uh, uh, talked about Sean and the invitational uh, aspect of him in terms of in terms of having guests on. Uh, Sean was the first person to have Emily on his show as a solo guest. Um, uh, I, I hate to re- interrupt, Professor Allen, but. Um, yep. Just for those who don't know exactly who is Emily. Yeah, Emily is my daughter and uh, our co- co-host on Shortbox Showcase and a few other shows. And and she and I had appeared together on a couple shows, you know, as sort of joint guests once or twice. But Sean reached out to her, just as her as a podcaster in her own right. And I always appreciated that and that that instinct that he had to reach out to new podcasters. To reach out to new voices, there were cases uh, bloggers who had never done podcasts before, especially female guests. Um, I think that's a an aspect of a show worth remembering, and and for me, it's it's worth remembering in general. But you know, in 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 specific, you know that generosity. I would say the just the respect that he showed to to Emily as a podcasting colleague. That just that always always stuck with me. Uh, I <laughs> I always um, when I started doing my show, I like I said, I tried to model it after just one of the guys because I wanted <laughs> I kind of have a little bit of a dry wit, nowhere near as good as Sean's, but I was like, you know, we're we're a lot alike. <laughs> when when I saw this picture, I'm like. Did I just discover my long lost older brother? <laughs> um, but I, I I never knew that about Sean Professor Allen and I wish I had I now I wish I had the opportunity to see what he thought of my little my little hobby. <laughs> well he was a very generous guy, both um you know, emotionally and, and physically. Um, there were times where he kind of talked me down from the ledge a couple of times. I mean, we would, we would talk on Skype or over the phone 
many times without any podcast connection. And there were times when he actually talked me off the ledge a few times, you know? From, from crises, so... And... He was always the first person that I could turn to whenever I was having one of these crises. Because I knew that he, his calm voice and his, you know, very down-to-earth perspective on things has helped keep me on an even keel. I remember the first time we uh, at Better in the Dark, Derek and I had our first uh, donation drive. The biggest contribution came from Sean. And he was very clear about, I'm not doing this because I know Tom. I'm doing this because you've given me so much joy in the past. You know, he was that kind of a person who would look for ways to give back if you would. And I should probably shut up now. <laughs> now he Before I get all discombobulated. Yeah, you're right. He was he was incredibly generous, both you know, not necessarily just monetarily, but with like you said, with his time or anything he could do to help you out. Mm-hmm. With the podcast, with life, with whatever he was willing to do, and and it it always amazed me that not only could he do m- multiple shows at once and be a a good husband and father, but he could also help out anyone that needed it, and not necessarily because they asked. He would ju- he would volunteer. Sometimes just, you know, hey, you know, I just I just listened to this. Uh, maybe you should try this, that and the other to to make it right. better. You know, he, he was just willing to give of himself constantly. And that it's it's one of the reasons that I'm I'm uh, where I'm at today. Podcasting wise is because he was willing to help me like that. He was willing to come on as a guest, even though I had spoken to him once and mm-hmm. he, he, you know, made my show better, not only by being on it, but because we talked, we talked at least twice as long about <laughs> stuff that wasn't on the show than what was on the show. And it was great. It's just, man was so easy to talk to. So easygoing. It, it was a pleasure whenever I got to interact with him. You know, you, we had you, to actually you, remind ourselves that there was actually a show we had to record. Yes. <laughs> every, every time. We would sit there, we would get started at like 5 or five or 6 in the morning, and then around like 10.30, you know, you know 7.30, 8 o'clock, we'd be like, well, weren't we supposed to be doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned that, Gene. Uh, I totally forgot. But uh, Sean was one of the eh, two or three or four people that I reached out to when I was getting my own podcasting thing going, just because I knew that he was doing a number of different shows that, that you know he could help me with the technical aspect, and I knew that he was just a nice enough guy that when I asked him some questions, 
about how do you post this and host this and edit that and all those, you know, nuts and bolts, uh, technical stuff that I knew he'd be willing to walk me through it. Uh, and, and you mentioning that, uh, about how, how helpful he was in so many ways, just, mm. uh, brought that back to my memory. You know, I mentioned, uh, you know, a little bit ago, how much I appreciated, um, how Sean, you know, how, how, how kind he was towards towards Emily and how much that had touched me. And I knew that she was a fan. She listened to just one of the guys and really loved the, the Parallel Line show uh, as well. And, but I didn't know, you know, how, how deeply Sean had, how much you know, he, had, he had meant to her uh, until recently, Emily and my wife were at a church service around the date of All Saints Day and All Souls Day, and the the service included an opportunity to light a candle for someone who's died in the past year. Emily went up to do that, and it sounded like my wife was uh, just a little confused by that. You know, no one close to her in the family had passed away, and she'd never mentioned, you know, a friend passing away or even a friend of a friend. That just that's, that's something Emily would have shared with us. So, you know, my wife was sort of racking her brain and finally after the service asked, you know, who was that candle for? And it was for Sean. He was one of the easiest people to, to talk to, I think. And, you know, he was, he was very conservative in his political views and I'm very liberal. And yet we were able to deal with each other with respect and, and love because we knew to respect each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I almost wonder sometimes what he would have made over the, about the, of the last year, where everybody seemed to be at each other's throats. There's a, a saying I've heard, uh, actually from my pastor at church, says that uh, you, know, you go through life with two buckets. You've got a bucket of gasoline and a bucket of water. And we know people who walk around life pouring that bucket of gasoline on things, right? Mm-hmm. Sean had two buckets of water, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just that calm complacency that he brought to to situations. Unless you're talking in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> then then you get gasoline and fired up. You get oh, fired. yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone, I just couldn't resist let, uh, putting this into the show because this is such an epic rant of Sean's. So I think we needed a little levity to take a break. So enjoy, my friends. That ends my notes. I would like to beg the people uh, for just a few moments if I could uh, talk about something that kind of uh, kind of is dear and dear to my heart uh, about the movie going experience, if nobody minds. Oh, go right, right ahead. Okay. I've actually scripted something out here. I've oh, Jesus, we're in trouble. Nicotine stained <laughs> fingers. <clears throat> Dear listeners, I would like to address a problem I've encountered at many a movie theater, and that is the inability of some patrons to distinguish the difference between watching a film in a movie theater and watching a film at home. Let me elucidate some of my finer points by making this determination. Did you leave one location and come to another to watch a movie, usually by means of transportation other than your hover round? <laughs> Were you required to pay a fee to watch this movie? 
is the place where you're watching this movie significantly cleaner than the ramshackle hubble that you were transporting. <laughs> Was there a concession stand outside of the area where you're watching the movie staffed by people who aren't members of your immediate family? When you sat down to watch the movie, did you notice that there were dozens, maybe even hundreds of similar seats that had holders for drinks and sometimes up to a 60 foot tall screen in front of you? which not only shows the movie, but previews for other movies projected on it. If any or all of these things are the case, then you are in a movie theater, not your home. And therefore, you should shut the up. <laughs> I know that when you aren't spending your hard-earned money on chemicals to make crystal meth, you're maxing out every credit card that you have to give your $8,000 trailer home an awesome theater system, but this is a different experience. While in a theater, there is a level of decorum that you are expected to follow, and that does not include pointing out obvious things that just happen on screen, noisily pointing out other roles that certain actor on screen has been in, or yammering on about the discomfort of your prolapsed anus due to your brother-cousin's attempts at foregoing the birth of another window-licking hydrocephalic offspring of yours. Customers pay a price to come watch, and in the case of movies like Godzilla, experience the thrill of a spectacle the likes which they cannot hope to see except in this venue. And when you fail to follow the simple task of remaining quiet throughout the movie, you have failed at life. Now, don't take me out of context. There is something on the if there is something on the film that shocks you, amuses you, or excites you, feel free to react in whatever way is deemed appropriate. Otherwise, unless your name is Michael J. Nelson, Joel Hodgson, Trace Ballou, Kevin Murphy, or Bill Corbett, no one wants to hear your commentary during this or any other film. And if you feel the need to do so, please douse yourself in a flammable fluid and light yourself on fire. Thank you. I yield the floor. I just want to want to. What else Amen. can you say? Sean, I, I want to apologize for my I behavior during that. the movie. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Uh, that, that was, like I said, that was the first time I ever podcasted with him and just listening to him go on that rant that it was amazing. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious because this is the calm guy. <laughs> this is the guy who takes everything and lets it roll off his back. And he was ready to strangle somebody. It was hilarious. You know, also, I think, very good at, at, at managing people. He did, you know, we haven't brought up Who Drew Freaks yet, mm-hmm. where he was the ringmaster for sometimes as many as eight people. And he managed to do it and get everybody to have their say. Um, yeah. You know, it, that, that is, that's a, that's a divine miracle right there. I, I'm thinking how much fun I had trying to get three people on the call. So, <laughs> oh my. Um, let's see. Uh, there, there's, there's just so many great bits from one of the guys. Are after we started talking, that are just flying through my mind right now. Um, the infamous, the, the catchphrase that that we introduced: "Go away, Ben Rabe." <laughs> well, yeah, I stopped listening right around he started that, and I, I was reading the episode descriptions, and I'm like, oh, well, two things happened. One, he should have listened to Thomas, and two, because <laughs> I, I remember a lesson for all of us. I remember how positive he was. He's like, man, I don't know what Thomas DJ was talking about, and then I started reading the episode descriptions. I'm like. 
Ooh, yeah, you were right, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it was. I, I was half expecting him to just say, "That's it. I'm done. We're 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 uh, <laughs> we're done." <laughs> as soon as it finished. <laughs> oh, and one of my favorite episodes of all time on Just One of the Guys was when you, uh, Thomas, and Sean talked about the um, Warriors uh, issue. Um, oh, where Phil Jimenez the, the, issue? Hmm. I'm sorry. Phil, the Phil Jimenez issue. Uh, I I don't know. With all the it was the Christmas time. Oh, the Christmas one. Okay, yes, with the Phantom Stranger and all that. Yeah, with everybody in the DC universe showing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and that just always struck a chord with me because. It, it just sounded like an amazing book and and a mini who's who at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in fact... I think and, my favorite... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go go right ahead. Please, please. I think, think my favorite of all the... Just one of the guys that we did was the one where we got to talk to Bo Smith. Mm-hmm. Which was something I remember he was very iffy about at first. I'm like, go, ask him, what, what, what's the harm? He says no. And he, it was the most fun I think we ever had. Having him on the, having him on the line and just talking Guy Gardner with him. Yeah, I, I had um, a flash in my head of maybe asking Mr. Smith if he wanted to say anything, but I'm like, no, he's a, <laughs> He's a author. I'm I'm a nobody with a, <laughs> with, with so what? Why? But I thought so. I I didn't. But I I was like, no. I bet he probably would have. He seemed like he he would have for Sean because it seemed like he and Sean really hit it off. <sighs> In fact, uh, since we're talking about warriors, there's a a little note I got from a. A good buddy of Sean's, and uh, I'd I'd like to share it with y'all. Okay. Sean, you've been a great friend to me. Your stool will always be there for you. Here's to the best friend a guy could want. Me and Kyle miss you, buddy. Guy. Oh. Well, um, is there anything else anyone else would like to say? I am pretty wrung out at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I can sum it all. I can sum it up pretty well. We miss him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Mm-hmm. The world was the world was a little bit brighter when he was in it. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I thank you all uh, for joining me. And I have one final thing to share. In honor of Sean, I think uh, he'd appreciate this. During the blackest night, as we wait for the brightest day, Let no one deny his might. 
Let those who grieve and mourn remember his power, Sean Angle's light. Well said. Thank you. I, I'm not much of a poet, but I worked really hard on that. <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. Well, thank I'm you. Glad, glad you were able to pull this together, Aaron. Uh, yeah. It, it's my pleasure, and um, but, <laughs> and I didn't even know about the relationship uh, Shag had with John's. So, uh, thank you, Professor Allen, Thomas, Gene. I appreciate it. Paul, as I forgot you again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Words can't describe um, just how grateful I am that uh, you gentlemen and Paul uh, took time out of your day to talk about Sean and that we have different faiths and beliefs. We can all agree that the world's a little darker place without him, but we will carry his tor- the torch he laid for us, and we will make it a better place. Okay, my friends. Also, we will now be getting into the recordings of those who weren't able to make it to the show. But first, we will hear from Gene. This is a recording he did uh, right after receiving the news of Sean's passing, and he wanted me to make sure to include it in the show. Hey, everyone. Gene here. Uh, when I think of Sean Engel, obviously, like everyone else, I think of what a uh, nice guy he was and how great his shows were, etc. But something else I'll always think of is this clip. Uh, Sean was nice enough to come on to one of my specials of Legends of the Superheroes to talk about the Green Lantern movie. And at the end, he gave his list of shows just like everyone else does. And then just made an offhand comment, oh, you know, same, you know, find these at the same place that you can find all of Gene's great shows. And being self-depreciating guy that I am, I, you know, just said, oh, well, which ones are those? And then Sean went on to list all the shows that I do and say how good they were and... That's just, that's the way Sean was. I mean, that that's Sean in a nutshell to me. And don't just take my word for it. Listen to the clip. Certain there's other things that I do and I'm forgetting. But uh, most of the stuff you can find me over at is at twotruefreaks.com. That is where, of course, uh, this show is and where the rest of your excellent shows are as well, Gene. And which ones will those be? <laughs> uh, that, would be that would be, unfortunately, the much-missed uh, Quantum Cast, as well as Legend of the Superheroes, <laughs> Anime Freaks, and uh, the Hammer Strikes podcast. All excellent shows, which you should all check out over at twotruefreaks.com. So... Really, that's what I'm going to remember about Sean beyond the great work he did and the wonderful person he was and the fact that I was never actually able to meet him in person. He would promote everybody else. He would take anyone who started up a podcast or listened to his show that had their own work, blog, whatever... And he would promote it. He was great that way. And I mean, I, I'm 
I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to say, well, this guy that helped me get where I am is gone. No, it's he was like that for everybody. John was a very selfless person. And just it's just one of the many things that made him such a great part of Two True Freaks. He was willing to do whatever it took to get, like, Who True Freaks out or... Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror out, or what, whatever, listen to the prophets. Anything that he could do to get something done that would not only be his work, but also help somebody else. It, it's just, that's what Sean was. And I'm, I, just like everybody else, I am going to miss him. And now we will hear from Gene's co-host on Anime Freaks, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Bill, or Bill Robinson, as many of you know me, but probably more of you know me as Dr. Bill and uh, on the Tutu Freaks Network, and I just wanted to say a few things about my friend Sean Angle. It's been almost a year now since Sean passed away, and it had come relatively quick after somewhat of a long illness, and everyone was surprised by that. I mean, I'm sure many other people on this discussion have said many of the same things, so I'll, I'll try not, hopefully I won't be too repetitive. But uh, I just wanted to say that since Sean passed away, there's been many days where uh, he's popped into my mind, or, or something I do at work has reminded me of him. Uh, there was many, many uh, months I spent working in a warehouse where I did nothing but listen to just one of the guy's podcasts, so he was my, my constant companion while working by myself, and long, boring days with hot, tedious work, and Sean was right there with me, so, and... I feel in some ways um, that Sean has gave me somewhat of a drive to do more podcasting. I, I had been doing podcasting, but he, I, I loved podcasting with him and wanted to do more. In fact, one of the things that we did together was was Walking Dead Wednesday, and it seems like we'd like to get that started back up, but I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. It's like there's just something missing from it. I'm not quite sure if we're Chris and I, Chris Honeywell and I have tried. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So it seems like a little bit of my drive went away when Sean went away as well, and um, I, I was also privileged and and that I I actually got to meet Sean at a Star Wars celebration in Orlando one year when it was down here in Florida. So, I, uh, you know, I've, I've only met him for a few hours, but, you know, I still have that visual, you know, his in-person <laughs> personality. Um, he was just a, a really, really nice guy. And, and, and actually now every time I, I think of Star Wars and the fact that he passed away, uh, just before the the new movie was going to come out, and and he didn't get to see that, and 
there's all many other things that he had said he was going to do or we were going to do and or that he's going to do with his family and and I feel for his family as well and there's just a a touch of melancholy every time that in the back of my mind that that Star Wars is brought up and now it seems they're going to be releasing one you know every every year close to the anniversary of his death and it's just it's just a little bit sad and and depressing and and uh, it's just yeah so um I was going to try to do a parody song, but um, every time I tried to actually sing what I had changed, because I, I like to take songs and change the words. I, I'm not, you know, the greatest songsmith in the world, but I sometimes to make little fun ditties for friends and stuff. And I wanted to take Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven and change it to Tears on Oa. And I, I tried numerous times, but I can't get through it. So I'm going to just try to just speak the lyrics that I had wanted to sing. So, And that's where I'm going to end this. And I hope to see some of you in the future. And, and hope you remember Sean and the the really great guy that he was so <clears throat> would you know my name if i saw you on oa would it be the same if i saw you on oa i must be strong and carry on cuz i know i don't belong there on Oa. Would you hold my hand if I saw you on Oa? Would you help me stand if I saw you on Oa? I'll find my way through night and day, cause I know I just can't stay here on Oa. Time can bring you down, time can bend your knees, time can break your heart, have you begging, please? Begging, please. Beyond the door, there's peace, I'm sure. And I know there'll be no more tears on Oa. Would you know my name if I saw you in Oa? Would it be the same if I saw you on Oa? I must be strong and carry on, because I know I don't belong here on Oa. And now we will hear from Tim Elliott and Brian Hughes. They do the Third Degree Burn podcast on the Two True Freaks feed. They are lifelong comic freaks, and they take a look at the quint at one of the quintessential comic book writers slash artists of the last forty years, John Byrne. So, thank you for your contribution, fellas. And on a personal note, anytime you want to talk about John Byrne, you know his Fantastic Four run, his Superman run, you're more than welcome to stop by on Tangents About. 
Hi, folks. Uh, this is Tim Elliott from Third Degree Burn, and we I am recording a – this is going to be part of a tribute that we are making for um, Sean Engel, who uh, sadly passed away uh, about a year ago this time. And I am uh, – we are putting together a little tribute for uh, Aaron Henley, who is going to be collecting – uh, some thoughts from fellow podcasters who knew Sean or perhaps wanted to know Sean. And we're just going to tell, well, you know, give a little, little, uh, history of maybe, you know, what we, what we felt about Sean and, uh, what he meant to uh, the rest of the podcast community. So, uh, I didn't, I never got a chance to meet Sean, even though he lived only one state away from me in Oklahoma. I'm in Texas, but, I always thought there was going to be time to meet him because I felt I I had known him from uh, the many podcasts he was on. So before I started podcasting, I listened to him um, on The Vault and uh, the the DS9 podcast with Paul Spataro and uh, Andy Leland. So you get that sense that you know someone because you've listened to them. And in your mind, you're you're interacting with them. Uh, And Sean just seemed like a guy that, that I would like to meet. He seemed like a guy that was, he seemed, he was funny and he was, uh, kind of low key and witty and just the kind of guy you want to sit down and just talk Star Trek or comics or whatever he was into. And we, you think there's always going to be time for that. And it just shows that, uh, sometimes there's not. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that he's gone. Uh, it's a shame that we, we lost him kind of, you know, so early and we, so many of us didn't get a chance to meet him, get to know him better. But uh, we, um, my co-host Brian will be on here in a moment and to speak about us. We went, we did, we did get a chance to go to his, um, his, uh, his mass um, up in Oklahoma, and uh, that was that meant a lot, I think, to, to everybody else and to us. And um, I think. You know, it's, it's been a year. It doesn't seem like it's been been a year, but uh, you know, I, I miss hearing him on on um, listen to the prophets, um, and, and he's going to be missed. Um, uh, now I think I'm going to turn this over to uh, Brian. Thank you, Tim. You know, and, and uh, there was also Keep on Flying, which was the the Firefly podcast, and I think that was um, it's almost poignant that that was one of his last shows. But, yes, I didn't know he was doing that show. Yeah, and it started off with him, and every episode is dedicated to him. And uh, they've just actually finished up all of the regular series and the movie. I don't know if they're going to do anything else. Um, I think there's a comic book, but you know that being as it may, um, you there was like like Tim has said, we we got to podcast with them once, and that was a great experience uh, in the roundtable environment. And then of course. Uh, we, along with everybody else, were shocked when we heard about his passing. And because we live where we live, we, we had the ability to go up there and uh, be there for the service. And once the service was over, we, we went all to a reception, and we got to meet Sean's wife. And the one thing that was obvious is that the podcasting community had a huge effect on his life because when we introduced ourselves she was so moved so touched 
that the that we were there and there was i don't know a touch of reverence in how she regarded us because of you know how big a part podcasting was to Sean's life and we know that that he treated us as friends we he regarded all of us as friends so you know you take that for what you will i think that means something and i think that's really more than anything what i want to get across here um I, I never got to meet him face to face. I listened to him a lot and talked to him once. But uh, I'm going to miss him. Yeah. Fortunately, well, he was. Fortunately, there's so much out there of his work that you can go and listen to. Yeah, I agree. If anybody, uh, if you're if you're all a Star Trek or DS9 fan, I, I can't recommend Lantern, higher. Or a guy or, or, fan. That's even that's that's uh, yeah, that's that was his true love. I think was Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. That's uh, that's the, uh, that I, I never listened to that show, but uh, if it was uh, you know, I'm sure the quality was the same level as any other show he did, and it was that I means that was top notch. So he will make you become a fan of Guy Gardner. He will make you realize that Guy Gardner had a heart of gold. I mean, if all you knew was the the Justice League, blah ha ha, Guy Gardner. Uh, no, he he uh, he'll introduce you to the Guy Gardner. You should have known. Yeah. I think I've said everything I can say here. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think it's just again, it just a year goes by quicker than you think, and and sometimes you know the. I don't want you know what you want to say that you. Uh, you forget about him, but you, you you don't forget about him. You maybe you don't think about him as often, but then then you know, this this time you know year comes around and you realize that it's been a year since you lost him, and you know especially someone uh, so young. Hey, no, if if anything, I think that that Sean's death has proved to all of us that that this medium creates a legacy for all of us because there's a legacy out there. There is so much media out there that Sean has created and he had a built built in listenership. Yeah. You know, that the, the thing is he's not going to be easily forgotten and for all time, his, his work is going to be out there for anyone to listen to. That's a great thing. Anyway, want to thank Aaron for uh, doing this. Yeah. And it'd be uh, interesting to, to, to hear everybody's, uh, thoughts and reminiscences and stories on uh sean those that that you know i had the uh we're looking enough to meet him you know it's it's one of those things that we have thinking well he he wasn't able to make it to the um the two two freaks gathering and he was always thinking oh next year you know next year i'll make it i'll you know i'll go then or you know we kept thinking we were going to go up there and and because we were you know we were literally what three hours away from him and we could uh you know, we could meet up and maybe do a show on something. And it's just, it's one of those things like you just never have the time and then it, it's just too late. All right. But, well, this is Brian Hughes. This is Tim Elliott. Thank you. Thank you. And now we will hear from someone who Sean really made a great impact in her life. My good friend, Hope Mullinex. 
Well, and it also it also plays in with uh, the addition of her father. I know we talked about this when we were talking about the uh, final wrap up of Matt Smith's tenure. That they had that little extra thing at the end that was kind of uh, it wasn't necessarily filmed, but they storyboarded it and then someone did an animation of it where uh, Arthur Dargo yeah, actually voiced it over. Yeah, and they they basically had uh, Rory's son come and meet with uh, uh, the dad and talk with him. So it's nice that we got the seating of uh, Rory's father in this episode. And, you know, it played it, it played in well to the episode that the two characters, the two people of genetic matches had to help save the ship or maneuver the ship around. I really enjoyed the show. It's, it's a fun little show. Oh man. I haven't heard your voice in a year. I haven't heard you in so long. And it just, you know, it feels like so long ago, but it also just really flew by. So it just kind of still feels like it's yesterday every time I, I think about it. But also, it's kind of surreal. I mean, I guess that's that's the fun about being on a timey-wimey podcast with you, Sean. Because I, I find the older I get, the faster time goes. So in my mind, I think about it, and it feels like... You were, you were just here, but it also feels like so long ago. I miss you. I miss you so much. I miss you all the time. Sean. You know, it's it's nice that we're starting to get more women in the Who True Freaks in in the in the Two True Freaks network. Um, but for a while there it was just me and on Who True Freaks I was pretty much the only girl. And so like I I developed this podcast persona, right? And I try to be a bit tougher than I normally am and more mouthy, and that's not always who I am. But with so many of you guys and so many men, I, I feel like I have to hold my own against it because sometimes it, it's really hard being a nerd girl sometimes. <laughs> It really is, because, you know, it's... Hell, I I tweeted out a thing about Star Wars Rebels, and I had this guy come back and said that I was fake. So, and I think, you know, I think you understood that. That my podcast persona wasn't really me. And you always made sure that I had a voice on Who True Freaks. You always made sure that I got a chance to speak. And you always made sure that I had my voice heard and my opinion understood. Because it was, it was different. <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish we got to do that Rose Tyler show. We talked about it a lot, about wanting to do a show discussing the character of Rose Tyler. <laughs> we never got to. Because I, I liked that character and you wanted to know why. You wanted to know why I liked that character so much. <laughs> I miss you so much. I thought this would... I thought that the time would make this easier, but it's not. It's not easier to talk about you. I haven't watched Doctor Who in a year, I hope you know. I plan to watch it on the anniversary of your death and to finish last season. I never finished last season. And that's what I plan to do that night, to honor you. I... I miss you. I remember my last conversation with you. So very vividly, because it makes me feel like shit that it was the last thing I ever said to you. And we had talked about 
We had talked about, um, uh, we were talking about the opening of Who True Freaks. I, I said that I felt like it was too long. You know, it's a very long opening. I mean, it's like, what, like two minutes? And so all I had said was, I, I, I wanted, I just think that we should have a shorter opening. And you went quiet for a second, you're like, okay, now look at it. We'll take a look at it for you, Hope. And I said, okay. And then, a few days later, you were gone. And I, I would talk to Chris, and I was like, Chris, I feel so hell. I feel like hell. Because the last thing I said to Sean was I didn't like part of our show. And Chris, Chris told me, he was like, no, Hope. He wouldn't have taken it that way. Because Sean wanted the best. He wanted the best for all the shows. He wanted the best for all of us. So if I, 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 you didn't hurt his feelings. You didn't hurt his feelings at all. He, he knew that you wanted what was best. Even if he disagreed with me, he always wanted what was best for all of us. There was one time, I, I think I was supposed to be podcasting with Sean and Shag. And some, I don't remember what it was. I think my dad was sick. And I, it had been a really stressful day. And they, the moment I got on, Sean could tell just from my voice that there was something wrong with me. That there was something wrong and I was very upset. And he, he, he told me and he said, Hope, I know podcasting is very important to you. I know that for people like me and Sean, me and Shag and the other guys, it's just a hobby. But I know it's not a hobby to you, Hope. You're so young, and you're just getting into your career. And so this is a career thing for you. And he said, but Hope, podcasting isn't life. You have to take care of yourself, and you have to take care of your family. And we can do this another time, because podcasting isn't everything, and it's not the world. And he always, he understood that. You understood that so much. And you brought us all together. And you respected each of us. And you loved each of us. And you loved your family. And you always just wanted the good. I'm just, I just think about how lucky it was that your family got so many podcasts from you. They can go and they can hear your voice anytime. They can hear your voice at any time, Sean. That was the reason why I wanted to... <laughs> I wish you could have heard J-Guys and Jedi! <laughs> I wish you could hear J-Guys and Jedi! I'm so proud of it! I'm so proud of that show! I wish you could hear it! I want you to hear it so bad! <laughs> that's, why, that's why I recorded a show with my mom. That's why I recorded a show with my mom, so when my, my mom ever passed away, hopefully it's not anytime soon, I would be able to hear her voice just like your family can hear yours. Thank you. Thank you for everything, Sean. You always supported me with what the fangirl, you always supported my writing, my blogging. I wish you could see what the fangirl now. I'm actually getting paid to write. You would be so proud of me. I'm busting out my novel. And I promise you're gonna get a dedication in it. I already planned to I already know what I'm gonna say in my dedication. 
I'm just gonna say this book is dedicated to Sean and Angela. Angela is someone else that I've lost in the last few years. She was a family friend. I'm just gonna say this book's dedicated to Sean and Angela, who's cheering me on from heaven. I promise you, you're gonna. When I publish it, you'll be in there. Thank you. Thank you for making sure my voice was heard. Thank you for making sure that I had an opinion. And that other people heard it. Thank you for believing in the path that I'm walking now. And that it's not fruitless. And that I'm not alone. Thank you for believing in me. Because sometimes people don't believe in you and you always did. You've always had my back. You always had my back. And I miss you. I miss you so much. And I can't wait to see you again one day, my friend. Hopefully it'll be a while. You'll have to wait a while. I plan to live a very long life if God help me. Knock on wood. Yeah. And I hope to live long, but I hope you're there waiting for me. You know, I don't talk about it. But I mean, I am, I am, I don't talk about a lot of my shows, I am a Christian. I don't believe in the church, but I do believe in God, and I believe things happen for a reason. And I don't know what the reason is yet to not have you. I don't understand this world without you. I don't know why, why you were taking away from all of us. You were taken away so fast and so sudden, but I... But when I figure it out, you'll be proud of that, too. And I, I, I know you're up there watching over all of us. And I know you're up there somewhere. And you're, you're guiding us and you're making sure that we're doing okay. So I just want to, yeah, I'll see you again. And it'll be great. We can, we can podcast with the high rollers up there, too. Well, well, we will be timey-wimey, I mean, and we will be in space, and we'll be, it'll be us, and we'll be together again. I believe that. I believe I will see you again. <laughs> and you're going to hold me, and you're going to tell me you're so proud. <laughs> and I'll finally get to meet you. <laughs> I'm so sorry I never got to meet you. <laughs> I'm so sorry I never got to meet you. I always wanted to. And so, since that's going to be our first meeting, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so good. And we'll have the rest of eternity to catch up. And we catch up on everything. So thank you. Thank you for everything. And I love you so much. I love you. I love you so much, man. <laughs> okay. I just wanted you to know that I really loved our show with Bill. With Bill Meeks doing dinosaurs on a spaceship. That was my favorite show that we did. Because I love that little that little episode. It's so much fun. <laughs> it was so it was so great. God, we did a lot of we did more episodes than I thought. I'm looking at the list now. It's so <laughs> I don't know though our our episode talking about the Doctor Who fandom with Shag that was a pretty fun one too. I that was that was a good one. I love you. I I do. I miss you. And I I can't wait to see you again.
I, I can't wait to see you again. Thanks for everything. Thanks for watching over me. Thanks for protecting all of us and helping us out. I can't wait to see you again. I can't, I, I, I can't wait to see you again. Next, we will be hearing from one of the original Two True Freaks, Chris Honeywell. Hi, my name's uh, Chris Honeywell, and this is my tribute memory to Sean Engel, my good friend. Um, I'm going to sort of do this in a weird way. Um, probably going to do it like sort of backwards. That, that most people would do this, whereas I'm gonna put all the sad stuff in the front and all the happy stuff at the back of this, because that's the note I want to end on. Um, a little about myself. Myself and Scott Gardner um, formed the Two True Freaks Network back in 2008, late 2007, 2008, and uh, it wasn't really a network back then. It was just us doing a bunch of podcasts on Libsyn. And um, after a while, people started listening. And um, when when we started up, we had uh, started a forum where a lot of the people that now make up the the core of this network met us and uh, would uh, would talk about the shows and talk about movies and comics and stuff. Anyway, it was about a year ago um, that we found out that we lost Sean Engel. Now, up until then, you know, I'd been doing podcasts with him. He'd, um, we, we knew he'd gotten sick. Uh, he suddenly wasn't on Facebook for a while, and, and we'd, we'd heard he'd been really sick and in the hospital. But, oh, maybe a week be before he died... He put up a post and said, I'm, I'm out of the hospital. It was a close shave, but I'm, I'm recovering. I'll be back to podcasting. I'm looking forward to talking to you all, all you guys. And not long after that, um, he, was, he was gone. And uh, I, I remember turning on Facebook and seeing the post that his, his wife put up and... Um, reading it and doing that thing where you read something and you see it and, and you don't really it doesn't really sink in you don't understand it you don't believe it you have to read it again and again and you know when it finally sank in um you know we, a, a bunch of us just started iming each other and got on skype and just sat around on skype for a couple hours just sort of reminiscing and crying and having these long, you know, silences where everybody was just sort of sitting there. And I remember walking downstairs and about a month before that, we'd, we'd lost a listener who just started showing up on our Facebook page. And I remember I had a couple back and forth with him in the co comment sections, nothing you know, really memorable. We, he was just starting to show up, and then then he passed. And and you, you you wouldn't think it would affect people that much, but people were really kind of freaked out by it. And then this this happened, and it was just stunning. So I went downstairs, and I was telling my roommate what had happened, and uh, 
and she had heard about Sean before because we, you know, I'd met him and, you know, just spent a lot of time talking and and interacting with him. And uh, and uh, she looked at me and her, she said, "She's and it's only, you know, a, a few days before before Star Wars comes out," which immediately she regretted saying because that's when I just. I, I started losing. I had to run back up the stairs. She's like, "Sorry," <laughs> and, but you know, then I was thinking about it. And then when, when I went to see Star Wars, I'm telling you, the tears were just flowing at the beginning because I was just thinking, "Gotta," you know, "I'm watching this for you, Sean. I'm watching this with you, or whatever." It just felt like he was around. And um, I gotta say. Um, for the last year, I don't want to say his death has taken the wind out of our sails, but it's, it's definitely been a shock and, and, and painful to us. And in the last few years, myself, I've lost my father, a friend to suicide and my favorite pet of all time, uh, you know, leading up to Sean. So I thought I was kind of uh, inert at that point, you know. I was feeling kind of tough about handling death, which is stupid because you, you you know you find out that you aren't tough at all when it happens. And yeah, it's just it's it's been very painful for everybody. And and of course we realized that. Um, we all had recordings of shows we'd been working on with him that were sitting and in the can waiting to be edited. And boy, I had the hardest time going back to those shows and editing them. It was almost like when I edited the last vault of startling monster horror tales of terror that Sean was on. It's almost like closing a book or something, you know? It's like, this is, this is the last time these people are going to interact with each other. And, um... Yeah, it's it's been tough for everybody, you know. And Paul's Paul's Pataro's been working on the um, listen to the Prophets podcast, which they had a whole bunch of those, and has continued that. You know, past Sean, we've you know we've continued the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. Without him, uh, Bill and I are planning on doing Walking Dead Wednesdays. And going on because we know that's what Sean would have would have had us do. So that's the sad part of the whole thing. So here's here's the good part. This is just the story of how I knew Sean, and you know I, I talked earlier about our forum that we had, and on the forum, uh, Sean's name was Joe Anthrax, and um, Sean. And the hair metal hero Chris Tyler and Luke Giaconetti and I, I think we're pretty much at that time the only ones on the forum who were into horror movies. Most everybody there was a comic book forum. Most everybody wanted to talk about comic books. But in those guys, I found somebody who wanted to talk about horror movies. And uh, more specifically with Luke Giaconetti, I found somebody who could just whoop my ass as far as knowledge and information on on movies and and all that and trivia and all all of that. And uh, so we decided to make a horror show. And uh, in the, in the course of that, 
the horror show, I remember uh, the movie uh, Let the Right One In came out, a vampire movie, and I, I did a five-minute freak about that, and uh, I think comparing it to Twilight. <laughs> and um, Sean had also seen that movie, and it's a really good movie, and it's, it's one of those movies that's just very affecting. And we would talk online about it uh, uh, in length, you know, about what a good movie it was, how people should watch it or whatever. And then they were remaking it um, for America in, you know, in, with, a, with an American cast. And I remember um, Sean and I talking on the forum and saying, hey, you know, when this movie comes out, we should do... And, and I remember both of us were kind of outraged and pissed off that they would be remaking this, you know, wonderful movie. And so we agreed. When the movie came out, we'd go see it, and then we'd do a show together um, talking about, the, you know, comparing the two and, and contrasting and all that. And that was the first show that... Uh, um, Sean was ever on on, on Two True Freaks. And of course, that's the first time I got to hear Sean's voice, which anybody who knows him knows that voice. It's that, it's gravelly and soft at the same time. It, it was amazing. If he had that personality, if he had an obnoxious personality and was was a, a blabbermouth, he could have a huge, he could have had a huge career in as like a, a radio DJ, you know, like a morning DJ or something like that. His his voice was was wonderful. It was it was uh, it was just one of those those voices that you know it had so much character. And uh, so after that, um, it wasn't very long before we added him onto the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror, which was like adding you know the missing puzzle piece. To it at that point you know that's when I think we hit our our full dynamic for that show and um, after that um, Sean started doing um, his, his own show just one of the guys uh, about Green Lantern focusing on Guy Gard the character Guy Gardner and uh, Green Lantern and I remember him asking me to do a Photoshop for the header for for that show and um, which he had a beginning, middle, and end to that show. He was covering a certain amount of content, and he did the entire thing, amazingly enough. And at the same time, I'd been, for the longest time, wanting to have a Doctor Who podcast with Hope Mullinex and Shag, the, the irredeemable Shag, because they had a just a great adversarial uh, um, dynamic. And they both love Doctor Who. Um, Shag, almost alarmingly so. And uh, while I wasn't able to get the, nail down those two as a host, we ended up getting a sort of floating Doctor Who show where, where I would be the host and we would have different people on depending on which era of Doctor Who and which shows we were showing on. It turned out, for me, I'm sort of a weekend warrior with Doctor Who, so I started being on less and less shows, and, whereas Sean was showing up on all the shows and started sort of, you know, being the, the tacit host of, of that show. And um, one of the things about Sean is um, 
just very was a very empathetic sort of guy and when when we brought him into two true freaks he really took it I don't want to say seriously but he really he, he really put himself into it he pretty much was able to just seem seamlessly fit in effortlessly and and make it a, a joy to work with him and I remember he noticed that at that point I was probably editing <laughs> four or five podcasts a week which anybody who's edited a podcast knows is just an amazing amount of work plus working and and um, doing eBay and I remember Sean just going hey you know if you want I'll start edit if if you um, send me all the bumpers and stuff I'll start editing the the who to freak show and I was like sure you know um if you and I'm I really did wasn't didn't have confidence at that time that anybody would want to regularly <laughs> edit a show and yet when Sean started editing it you couldn't tell the difference between w what I was doing on it and what he was doing on it he just seamlessly transitioned into it and it was just wonderful but um I'm going to get back to the, the first time we met, which was a few years ago. We were, went to uh, Orlando to all meet to go to Star Wars Celebration. And uh, Dave Atterbury and his wife and family were there. Um, Dr. Bill made an appearance. Uh, Chris Tyler was, was up for that. And, uh, and Sean came, came up for it. And um, I remember... Um, getting picked up with, by Scott and then um, Sean and the Hair Metal Hero were, were sharing a room at Disney on Disney property so we went there to meet all of them and um, you know I'd, I'd <laughs> I had at that point I was the sole photoshopper for Two True Freaks so I had for a lot of our cover art I had to photoshop a lot of pictures of Sean so I really knew what he looked like pretty good <laughs> and uh Sure enough, we're sitting in the car with with um, uh, Scott Gardner and I, and I uh, we see this guy just sort of walking through the parking lot carrying his bags. I'm like, that's Sean Engel. I bet you that's him right there. Scott's like, I don't know. I said, let's follow him, because we knew what room they were staying in. And uh, so I said, bet you he goes right to his room. So we follow him. Sure enough, it's Sean. And um, oop. We just had the greatest time. The, the whole group, of all of us, when we, when we met, it was one of those things where, you know, Scott and I have known each other all our lives. We've never met any of these other guys. We have no idea, you know. We've talked to them. We've been on shows with them a couple times, some of them, you know. But, we, you know, you, you never know when you meet people. And uh, it was just one of those things where there was just... There was no awkwardness at all. Everybody just got along like um you know we were we, we've been friends our entire lives and uh the the one thing well there's several things that i remember you know that uh, very sharp memories of that that i have that that um have to do with sean um but like podcast wise we we did a recording then of us playing um star wars trivial pursuits and uh 
boy, it's great. <laughs> one of the greatest recordings I think I've ever been a part of, and you know, one of the simplest recordings. We just set the, the, the microphone down in the middle of the table, rolled the dice around it, and uh, and went from there. And uh, there was this a wonderful dynamic between uh, Sean and, and Hair Metal Hero, where they were just whispering jokes back and forth that that nobody picked up until of course you hear the recording afterwards um and um my other great great uh uh experiences is on the last night we were there i was getting ready basically i was staying at the hotel hair metal hero had uh had to pack up and leave and i was staying in his bed at the hotel with sean and uh, I was just broke, and Sean took me out to dinner at Fuddruckers, where we got big old juicy rare hamburgers, and uh, just had. Um, and this always seems to happen when I get one on when you get when you get a chance to be one on one with another two true freak, which very rarely happens, even now when we get together, because there's a whole group of us. But when you get a one-on-one, the conversation usually, I don't want to say it gets serious, but it gets deep. And, you know, I just had the, the, the greatest conversation with him over dinner that night. And then we went back to Disney and uh, Scott Gardner had told us, oh, you should go back. There's a late night um, stuff going on. And so we went back there and, and watched this show where they projected stuff on the castle. And then afterwards, you know, we were looking for something to do. We were going to go to the to the haunted house, but it was it closed up just as we were walking up to it. So okay, well, I wanted I'd been watching Tomorrowland way up in the air. They had a sort of rocket ride going around way up there, and I'm like, I want to ride that way up in the air and get that sky view of of the park. And so Sean, I could tell he was like, okay. And so we waited in line, waited in line, rode the elevator up to it, and uh, we go to to get in the rocket, and it's this teeny tiny kitty ride rocket, and one of us has got to sit in the back with their legs it, it, sort of sticking forward, and the other person sort of sitting down in between their legs, and uh, <laughs> should have been very awkward, but it was just hilarious, where I was like, oh, Sean, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was getting us into. Then the ride started, and it wasn't one-tenth of the <laughs> excitement that it looked like from the ground, and we were just like, all right. And, oh, boy, the mileage that I got out of that on, on shows with Sean after that. And there was a time that we were at that uh, convention, ACBC Con in Atlantic City with Gene Hendricks and Hair Metal Hero and Scott McGregor and I. We were all going to see... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road on the the day that it opened and and it was Sean that we called when we were in the car on the way there We he was supposed to come to the convention he couldn't afford it, was having money troubles and we tried to call him on the way to the movie because he should have been there he should have been there yeah um, we're still we're still recovering but at the same time, you know, I'm just, I'm never going to forget the guy, and I'm so happy that 
we have a sort of record of him at Two Two Freaks. You know, we have all these shows that he was on, and the, you can just by listening to the shows. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're you're a listener of Sean Engel or a friend of his, so you know he was just the most empathetic, kind person, quiet and dry but not without a sharp opinion he when he had opinion an opinion he was not shy about saying it but at the same time he also sort of liked to keep the peace and and keep everybody happy and and keep things rolling most importantly in two true freaks podcast that's a big thing is keeping people moving forward and he was great at just sort of uh, quietly nudging things from 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 behind and uh um, I I hope in later years, as all all these shows that he did still stay here and sit on the internet, um, that someday his his kids, his family, who you know he just he loved them and was I can only imagine what a great father he was, and I hope someday that like his kids and his family can listen to his podcasts and get to hear his voice you know and maybe hear a slightly different side of him that they didn't get to see at home because he was a huge nerd (laughs) and uh you know i would i would give anything to hear a podcast with with to know that there were hours of my father's voice recorded uh somewhere out there so i hope someday that that they um you know get some get some enjoyment out of that um i understand it's hard for me to listen to them it's it was hard for me to do this i put this off and procrastinated and put it off and put it off and i'm so glad that aaron henley that you're doing this because um if it was up to two true freaks, it might never get done because it's just it's so hard to to set yourself to doing it. it it's it's a really sore subject, and with with you doing this tribute, sort of sort of um, sort of forces our hand a little bit, and and that's a good thing. Um, so I guess I should I should wrap it up. I'm really taking up a lot of time. Sean, I I love you. I miss you. Um, I wish we were still podcasting. I wish we were. I I would love to hear what you think about all the movies and comics that have come out since since last year. Um, it's never going to be the same without you here. And uh, oh, Godspeed! Thanks, Aaron, for uh, giving me this opportunity. At least I got to play some uh, rock and music, right? That's one thing that uh, I've uh, I've neglected to say. The, one of the most awesome shows I ever did with Sean was a long play where we talked about his love of the band Queen um, and especially their album The Game, which you have been hearing in the happy part of this episode. All right, well, there you go. Standard Two True Freaks ending, trailing off and tangenting. Thank you, Sean. You're you're the best, man.
friends, we will hear from Scott McGregor of the Weekly Heroics podcast. Hello, uh, my name is Scott McGregor. Some call me Scott 2.0 on the Two True Freaks Network. Um, I, I do a couple shows over there. Uh, I just want to thank Aaron, first of all, for putting together this tribute to Sean. I didn't know him well. I mean, I don't know if I know any of our fellow podcasters well. I occasionally talk to them about nerd stuff. I think I'd done a couple of our, our roundtable movie things with them. And then at one point, my own show, No Counsels for Old Men, we put out a call for people that wanted to talk about Star Trek video games. And I don't think we got too many people, but Sean was one of them. I think it was just me, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Sean. And we had a great time. Um, he was obviously a true Star Trek fan. As I said, I didn't know him well except for just his his prolific work on our network and, and the high regards that everyone else uh, held him in. And the three hours we chatted about Star Trek games was uh, one of the best shows I think we did on No Councils. Including, we got Sean, you know, first time kind of working with me and, and producer that I am. I, I recruited him to do a uh, a Captain Kirk impersonation, you know, for me, uh, for something that I'd wrote for the show. And, you know, he just crushed it, of course. And uh, as I said, it was one of the better shows. And he was just, you know, one of those people that you, you can't help but get along with. He's just so friendly and... Got a pretty good snarky and blue sense of humor, too, which uh, always attracts me to a person as far as uh, friendship and such is, is concerned. So, yeah, man, Sean, your your legacy definitely lives on longer than, unfortunately, you did. And that's not something, you know, a lot of people who aren't artists, you know, can say that they have a concrete kind of... Uh, legacy left behind but you you've left great memories with a lot of people and you've left a lot of amazing podcasting work so um we we miss you buddy i i i regret not being able to record with you more and again thank you aaron for putting this together um you know hopefully when my time comes i i rate some kind of high regard from somebody out there that enjoyed my work or enjoyed my company so uh, it's a true testament to Sean that so many people did. So that's it. And next we'll hear from Scott's co-host, Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero. 
no, not Sonar. <laughs> uh, just listen to just one of the guys for that reference. But uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, my name's Chris Tyler. I go by Ham Metal Hero on the podcast that I'm on, on the Two True Freaks Network and elsewhere. And um figured it, um, since Aaron uh, was kind enough to put together a, a show about Sean, that um, it was probably about time that I actually said some more on uh, my feelings about that. It's been um, just about a year since since Sean died. And uh, honestly, the impact of that um, still really hasn't set in um, for me, particularly. Um, I only I only got to know Sean. Um, you know, I mean, it's honestly it's less than a decade ago. It's probably closer to about six years ago. Um, and eventually. Um, through the course of uh, the Forum for Geeks and Two True Freaks uh, that we ended up um, making him a part of one of the shows that I'm on, the uh, the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, which um, it was great having him on. Um, you know, it was a different and, and unique voice to have on. And um, honestly, without Sean, I, I wouldn't have been able to meet uh, a lot of the two true freaks uh, members um he was kind enough to provide um a place for me to stay at star wars celebration six six uh, several years ago where um one of the first big meetups for all the the freaks were were happening i was uh unemployed at the time and, and in a pretty uh pretty low place and uh, he was kind enough to, to say, hey, look, if you can get yourself down here, you don't have to worry about, you know, having somewhere to stay. Don't worry about it. Um, so, I mean, that was really m- my biggest introduction to Sean was him being just didn't not really knowing me from Adam and uh, extending his his heart and his kindness out to me. Um really just because he was that kind of guy and it's um it still hurts that that he's gone um his passing uh, so so close to christmas every year is going to be a reminder and um that sucks that sucks (laughs) you know what what you know what, what else can you say about that and you know, in in just in terms of looking at it from a, a nerd geek angle, um, December is going to be Star Wars time every year now. Um, I mean, he passed right before the last movie came out, and and I mean, Rogue One is is opening on on the date of his death. So, I mean, it's just it's going to be one of those things that every every time I think of Christmas or Star Wars. Or Doctor Who, or Green Lantern. I'm gonna think of Sean, and I mean it's. I don't know. I, I'm not. 
the the interpersonal stuff like this i'm just not the best at um you know i've had plenty of time to try to think about what i wanted to say here and i put it off because it's it's really not something that i'm terribly good at and i didn't want to write something down and have it be cheesy or schmaltzy or something that you know i don't know um i'm i'm very very glad that i got to know sean i'm very glad that i got to record with sean i'm very glad that sean has had such an impact on everybody's lives that he touched especially uh, his family's um and i can't even imagine you know what i mean it's going to be the same for them every year right right before christmas and that breaks my heart but um i mean if you're listening to this then chances are then you listen to sean and um you love listening to sean and if you were fortunate enough to have met him or spend any time with him or talk to him off air about anything you'd realize what a great guy he was um yeah i i I mean, you know, it's just even other little things, not even the big stuff that I mentioned that will make me think of them. Um, the the Parallel Lines podcast that he does, that, that song um, that's in the promo for that was on the radio the other day, and every time that song pops up, it's like, you know what, get the, the you know, the waterworks coming out because um, it's just the way I felt about him. Um, I miss him. I miss him. I miss his voice. I miss the sound of his voice. I've said it before. Nobody else sounded like Sean. He he was one of a kind, and um, I'm still mad that he's gone. But I'm I'm grateful for every second that I got to speak with him. And uh, hopefully this didn't come off as too depressing or sad. But I'm still uh, at a place where it's difficult for me to to talk about it and um internalize it and then externalize it but um that's really about it um you know sean um if you're hearing this man i love you man and uh i miss you and um that's really all i can say um thanks for being my friend buddy i'll see you sometime And to close out the show, we will hear from a good friend, Andrew Leyland, co-host of Listen to the Prophets, host of Hey Kids Comics. Hi, Aaron. Andrew Leyland here. Uh, I haven't been ignoring your requests for contributions to your In Memoriam for Sean show. Uh, it's more a case of I didn't really know what to say, which is quite an unusual position for me to be in, really. Um, the death of, of Sean was, and still is, a huge gut punch to those that knew him, those that talked to him regularly, those that actually got to meet him. And probably as well those that just listened to him. And it's been... 
it's not something I've talked about in public at all, apart from an initial post after I'd heard about his death when I woke up on the morning of, of December 17th, 2015. It's not a lack of love for Sean. It was more a case of I I didn't know what it had done to me until a lot later. And obviously I got to speak to Paul Spataro about it and Bill Robinson about it. And if there is any positive to come from, from Sean's death, it's that that I have become much closer to, to Paul and Bill as a result, which is, that's lovely, that's nice. It is nice that you can find a positive from something that is, is was just so unexpected and, and out of the blue. I mean, being told about it in the, the morning that it happened, I, I saw it on Facebook. I think somebody, Paul messaged me and said, get in touch. And I instantly had that feeling in the pit of my stomach that I knew something was wrong because it was known to all of us that Sean had not been well. The extent of his illness was not something that I think was common knowledge, but he was home. He was recovering. I'd spoken to him a couple of times since he got home. My everlasting regret is that the last time he tried to get in touch with me, it was through Skype. I wasn't actually on Skype. I just left Skype on, so it was showing that I was online, and I wasn't, and I missed it. And I, I never got to speak to him again because I missed that that particular call. The thing with Sean was... I mean, everyone's probably going to say the same thing, is that Sean was just lovely. You know, he, he had that acerbic wit about him. He was very smart, smarter than us when we did listen to the prophet. He was always the one that was prepared. But he was just such a generous soul. I mean, he bought my son a copy of the One Million Omnibus. That's not a cheap book. And it certainly isn't cheap to ship over to the United Kingdom. Um, I've still got a note Sean wrote for me when he sent me a new copy of Amazing Spider-Man 252. Uh, I mentioned on Hey Kids Comics that as a kid I would doodle in my comics. So, you know, some of the British reprints I would colour in and this particular instance I'd inked over some of the panels in Amazing Spider-Man 252 and Sean sent me a new copy uh, with a note, which I still have, it's inside the poly bag in the comic, that basically reads, um, don't do it again because I'm not sending you another copy. Both of these just underscore what a generous man Sean was but my first thought was not for me it was for his wife and his two daughters who he talked about a lot unfortunately I didn't know his wife I wasn't friends with his wife on Facebook or whatever so I've never been able to pursue how they're doing, you know, if they're okay or as okay as you can be as we approach the one-year anniversary of 
the death of your husband and father. Um, I hope they know what Sean meant to us. Bearing in mind, it, it's a fraction of what he meant to them. But it would be nice to think that they knew that their dad and their husband had, had touched so many people. People that he, he never met. I never met Sean. Which led to what happened post Sean's death and the reason that I've not spoke about it publicly until now. In the... But Sean died on the day that The Force Awakens was released, which meant seeing that film was very bittersweet because the first person I spoke to about the trailer for The Force Awakens was Paul and Sean in one of our little conversations before we recorded Listen to the Prophets. My my favourite memories of Sean and Paul, in a lot of ways, are those conversations probably not for public consumption a lot of times where we we got to know each other that's where we became friends it was the preamble rather than the the doing of the show and then bill came in as well and and the four of us were in a nice groove and we realized how much we missed him when we we made the decision to carry on without him and it, it was difficult which is why no one's replaced him, and no one will replace him. Uh, every episode of Keep and Flying was dedicated to Sean, as it should be, because he was the one who was like, let's do this. But in the Christmas holidays following Sean's death, I started to suffer from chest pains just underneath my ribs. And these would then manifest themselves as this overwhelming feeling of dread. And then it would build and build and build, and the only way that it would expel itself from my body was to to manifest itself as uncontrollable shakes. And being a man, I kind of downplayed it and didn't think it was important, and it would go away, and I kept it a secret from the family for a couple of days, weeks until Angela finally witnessed one and asked what was going on. And I didn't know. I couldn't tell her. So I went to the doctors, and there was a couple of weeks back and forth of trying things like no caffeine and uh, heart monitors and, and stuff like that, which, which did benefit from the rather lovely nurse saying, oh, you, you've got 100% muscle, Mr. Leyland. can only assume she was looking at a, another person's chart. It turned out that... When they'd eliminated the physical, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And in this particular case, it was that it was a mental issue. And as they started to drill down, and I started to actually talk to therapists, which I was dead set against, because, like, you know, British women talk about our feelings. That's what they do on The Flash, you know, to talk about the feelings an awful lot on that show. We don't do that. But Angela was... Concerned, so she said, "Well, what have you got to lose?" So, I started the the medication treatment, citalopram, and I started talking to this therapist as well as doing the online tests. 
and they finally figured out that it wasn't a depression or a a stress-related thing, which was upsetting because I wanted time off work. It was a mental block, um, an anxiety. Whenever somebody died, whenever somebody died on television, or I was finding I couldn't watch 24 hours in A&E. I was hearing about people on the news dying, and especially if they were young people, it was it was causing this this phenomena. And they were basically they ascertained that I was very concerned what would happen to my family if such a thing happened to me. And they also determined that Sean's death had been the trigger, but also I'd never got to say goodbye to him. They use that wonderful therapist word, closure, which is like, ugh. But that was the crux of the problem. He was there, and then he wasn't. And that's really what death is, isn't it? It's the the, and then the not, and you're left to figure out how to go about your life without them. And it's quite easy to dismiss the relationship I had with Sean. Because I never met him. He was not somebody... You know, I didn't go to the pub with him. I couldn't have a drink with him. He was a continent away over a vast ocean. <coughs> Excuse me. But that didn't in any way devalue the connection that I had with him. And I think that's the big takeaway from it. That he was my friend. Whether I met him or not. And his death affected me as it affected everyone on Two True Freaks and everyone who ever was fortunate enough to to meet him. The therapy thing, I finally realised that there was something to it when I was on one of the phone calls with her and I said, she was trying to figure out, this was in the relatively early days, she was trying to figure out what the, the trigger was for it. And they were trying to ascertain what was the mental trigger for what was going on. And I told her, well, I wasn't doing anything when I had this last one. I was just reading a comic. And she said, okay, tell me what the comic was. And I said, it was the X-Men. And she, you could hear the smile in her voice. And I said, well, I've been reading a lot of, of stuff like that. Like, you know, Star Wars novels and that. Not heavy stuff. <clears throat> and she thought it amusing. So I explained the plot. The plot was... It was the Excalibur bookshelf edition, the sword he's drawn, the first one by Clermont and and uh, Alan Davis. And I, I was explaining the plot to her, well, there's this girl called Kitty Pride, and Kitty Pride is suffering survivor's guilt because she believes the X-Men to be dead. And she is wondering why she couldn't do anything. Could she not have helped? Why was she still alive? And I, I hadn't put this together. And she just kind of said, well, there you go. And that was the point they realised that's what had caused it. Sean's death had affected me on a on, a, on an emotional level far more than, than I, I thought it would. And, you know, I mention all this finally just to kind of encourage other people who are like me. <coughs> Excuse me. Manly, manly men who don't think that uh, 
discussing your problems sorts anything out. It's now, you know, 10, 11 months down the line. It seems to be under control, although the the the, the therapist woman says that, you know, it's one of those things that probably won't ever go away now. I'm stuck with it now. But the, the takeaway from this is twofold, I think. It is, no matter how ridiculous you may think, seeking help is never stupid or wrong or <coughs> not manly. <coughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm losing it a little bit. And the other takeaway is the relationship I had with him was no less an important one in my life for having not met him. And I miss him. I still miss him. I miss him every time we sit down to record Listen to the Prophets and I miss him throughout every issue of Firefly that we did, every episode of Keep Him Flying that we did. I think I just... That's ultimately the bottom line, isn't it? I miss him. Okay. I didn't mean for this to be maudlin. I think it's lovely that you're doing it. Sorry I can't actually be there, but Saturdays are a very busy day for me, family-wise. So, um, I hope this is good enough. Um, I hope it's not too long and dreary and miserable. I'm sure other people will come along with funny stories about Sean. Um, I'm just not there yet. I'm just not, you know, not ready to be funny yet. There was one moment where I did smile. And it was last Christmas. And Chris Tyler released a Christmas mixtape podcast. And I was listening to this while I was walking over to have a few beers with friends. We raised a glass to Sean. And uh, Chris played Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. And I distinctly remember Sean saying that he'd never heard that record till I played it on a Christmas episode of Hey Kids Comics and Thomas DJ introduced him to it at roughly the same time. And I listened to Chris's mixtape episode and that came on and I smiled. That, you know, there was one thing I'd given him, if nothing else. Anyway. Um, that's it. That's 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 all I have to say. I miss him. Uh, I've missed him for a year. I'll probably carry on missing him. You take care. Thank you for doing this. Goodbye. Well, my friends, that will conclude uh, this episode. Now, I would like to once again thank everyone who contributed to the episode, as well as all the supporting encouragement I received for it. To be honest, the uh, amount of uh, support I received was far beyond my expectations and my dreams. This surpassed anything I had ever planned, so I want to thank everyone who uh, contributed, and also for those who weren't able to make it to the recordings, but still sent me well wishes and wanted me to 
publicly uh, send them to Sean's family as well. So, my friends, there will be one final thing we will do for this episode, because this is something Sean, I know, as a fellow geek, would have appreciated. Tangents Abound is a free audio podcast. No money is made in the distribution or production of this show. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are those of the people on the show and probably shouldn't be taken too seriously. Any and all audio clips used in the show are for education and review purposes and no copyright infringement is intended. Any and all... Copyrighted material is owned by the respective copyright holders. Thank you, my friends, for listening. Have a great day. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.